think I know who we are. I think I heard about this place. You telling me you guys ain't never heard of the Jodes? Junior Jode and his psycho family? They were killers. Not just killers. Right, cannibals. Welcome to Second Class Cinema, the show where we watch a B-movie and immediately discuss. I'm Tom. I'm here with Eric and Brittany. Hi. We sure do that. We do. How's it going, everyone? It's going pretty, pretty good. well. Yeah? It's yeah. a weekend. Can't complain. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's Saturday, uh, Saturday evening. Uh, we just got done watching Lost After Dark, 2014, 2015, new movie, Yep. Uh, which is different for us. Uh, we rented this on Amazon Prime. We did. So this was Brittany's pick. Brittany, why don't you tell us why you picked this movie? <laughs> That's it. I said that weird. <laughs> uh, definitely left it open for a follow-up. But um, I've been wanting to pick more new movies. I feel like everyone's already heard of all the old stuff. And I don't know. I feel like sometimes it can get repetitive. So I've been trying to pick some new stuff. But anyway, I saw this um, on DVD as a new release at Best Buy. And I was like, hmm, that sounds interesting, because everyone was like being lauded for being so 80s and such retro horror. And I was like, I dig the 80s, clearly. If you've listened to any episodes <laughs> of this podcast, you would know. Yeah. Um, but I was like, yeah, this movie sounds pretty cool. Not for $12.99, but for $4.99 on Amazon Prime. Maybe worth it. Worth a shot. Uh, yeah, the uh, synop- not the synopsis, but the, the way this movie was described on Amazon Prime was a stylistic, sexy 80s slasher. Yes. Um, so why don't you describe what this movie was about? <laughs> I don't think it was particularly either of those things, mm-hmm. but uh, it's basically about a group of teens who all lie to their parents, steal a school bus from their high school and drive out to the country to stay at one of their friends, like cabins in the woods. (laughs) Um, Basically their bus breaks down. They end up in some backwoods. (laughs) Sorry, I wanted to say hodag so bad. Uh, That's fine. Hodag. Hodag. Yeah, they ended up some backwoods, like disgusting cabin that wasn't her cabin um that was inhabited by a cannibal family many moons ago and slowly they start getting hunted down one by one yeah that sums that sums it up pretty well it's I'd not say. a very deep story yeah. no very uh pretty shallow yeah pretty face value and i um i did read a couple of reviews on this before i watched it and none of them were like glowing it was basically just like yeah, this is a movie um but one of them did say that it had like plot twists so I was like, I kept waiting for twists <laughs> and like nothing was happening. I just thought it was very misleading. Yeah, I don't, I'll agree with that. I didn't feel there were many, uh, many twists, no, I, nor turns. I definitely had picked out spots where there could have been twists, but alas, there were none. Mm-hmm. Okay, you clowns, cut the crap. So let's just go right in. Let's just get started. Dive right in. Dive right in. Let's dive. Let's let's put our successes out. Um, let's throw them out there. I thought the typical douchey, like rich guy character Johnny, 
so perfect. Yeah. I think he was written excellently in the form of an 80s slasher, and he might have been the only character that I think it was written in the style. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, he had, like, the perfect hair for it. It was, like, that coiffed, like, but also perfectly cropped around the head. Way <laughs> too long bangs. Like, the weird pouty lips all the time. <laughs> like, that character, he just fucking nailed it. Whoever that actor is deserves a medal. Yeah, I think I'll agree with that because I found him to be the most, like, annoying person there. But mm. that's yes. I, that's what I'm supposed to do. Yes. Yeah, I didn't particularly like his character, but he was the most effective character in the movie, I thought. Mm. Yeah. Actually, I will also say that uh, his girlfriend, I believe her name was Heather, and this was also... The same, the same type of thing, like yes. embodied that character really well, like the '80s Valley Girl cheerleader yeah. kind of character. Yeah, like the 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 blonde airhead. Like, I really hated her at first, but by the end, she was surprising me with her actions. Yeah. Um, but I also her entire character was like an homage to the movie Heather's. Her name was Heather. She even used the line "That's so very." Yeah. And I was oh, like, I'm "Wow, that's, that, that's a little uh, on the nose," but I can forgive it. I appreciate some callbacks. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that, so. No, oh, good call. <laughs> um, yeah. Any, anything else beyond the characters that we thought? Any, or any other characters that stood out as uh, well, not, well taught? Not so much that they're well written, but I did appreciate that this movie killed off the boring cast members first. <laughs> where it's usually the other way around, where slashers of this ilk kill off the interesting, like, different character. Like the, any like character the stoners with any kind of or the fat guy. Or yeah, like... they always get killed off first. And then you're left with these two boring white bread motherfuckers <laughs> who are just bumbling around and saying boring white person things, we'll you know, talking about their the 401k and shit. <laughs> oh, God, enough about your Roth IRA. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually, that was surprising to me that they did this because I felt like they killed the most, I don't know, you can go on a limb and call them likable characters first. And I guess in the context of the movie. Yeah, I mean, so... They at least killed the characters who weren't being complete dickheads to everyone else the whole time first. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, so let's just go over the characters that were in this movie. So it focused around eight teens yes. who leave a dance, get in a bus, and have a great time. So the main character we're led to believe is Adrian, mm -hmm. whose cabin they're going to, yes. who's kind of an outcast. She's just, like, seems like a nerdy, like, good girl type yeah, person. Yeah. Um, and we're led to believe that they're basically just using her for her cabin. <laughs> Yeah, but she likes our main jock, dude. jock guy, uh, but like nice guy jock. Yeah, the nice guy jock. Like Sean, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, like could be, really could be in it. <laughs> like Charlie Sheen and Lucas, like Cappy. Yeah. He's the nice guy jock. Sorry, we just watched Lucas. Yesterday. Just watched Lucas. Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there was our our two annoying Valley people, our, our Johnny and our Heather. Yep. yep. Um, there was Adrian's best friend. Who <laughs> beautiful, would, mean people. Yeah, the beautiful, mean people. Perfect <laughs> way to put it. Um, and then there was Adrian's best friend. Who was also like a jock. She was like a track star. Yeah. Her name was Jamie? I'm not sure. I think you, I think you did. I think, I think it was correct. Jamie. It was a J name. Moving on. <laughs> and there was Marilyn, who was like the punk rock, like leather wearing all black. Yeah, the rebel. Like stoner chick. And yep. then uh, Toby, who was the overweight, but really sweet kind of guy. Yeah. Who was a stoner as well. The funny fat guy. Funny fat guy, yep. yep. Who died first. Well, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't actually I don't even know what happened to him in the end. <laughs> yeah, what did happen he to him? He's hanging there till this day. Yeah, he's still hanging out there. It's yeah. 84. So I, think, I think that's everyone. Oh, uh, and then uh, there was um, um, Wesley. Yeah, Wesley, the... Uh, token black guy. Token black guy. Ooh, Afro I, pick in the hair. The yeah. entire movie. I did appreciate that. Yeah, Afro <laughs> pick in the hair. He had the headphones on the whole time. I did appreciate <laughs> his, his aesthetic, although I thought those headphones looked too modern to be 1984. I agree. Mm -hmm. And and with appreciation of the aesthetic, I got, it got real old to me. 
after a while. Yeah. I don't know if that happened to you guys too. I know that's more airing towards a little bit of failure for me, but like the the aesthetic that they established, I was like, okay. I get it. <laughs> well, see, I did write down costume as a positive. They um, tried. But the I wrote I wrote costume-ish in the positive column because okay. I was like I felt more so like it was modern clothing that was styled to look 80s yeah like forever 21 yeah exactly just in pastel like coral and turquoise colors like bright electric yellow sweatshirts like off the shoulder like it all looked very modern it didn't quite yeah i get the aesthetic um but i don't think it was completely like genuine yeah, yeah. but i, I think- appreciate the attempt i mean completely no, they could have botched it completely but at least they got something that was close yeah they got yeah. all older cars yep they yep. were rocking the boombox. Yeah. <laughs> the killer mix. LOL. Tongue in cheek. <laughs> <laughs> Lols. Um, um, I thought the opening scene was pretty cool. Hmm. That's what I was going to say. But um, I did think that that was kind of like the most 80s part about the whole thing. I would say the very opening frames and the very last frames were the really the only true 80s moments, like the, hmm. t- uh, stylistically. Yeah. Yeah, I like the opening kill. It was a good hook. It was it was it was pretty decent. Yeah. And I was like, okay, all right, let's uh let's dive right in here. And then right after that, it got it got <laughs> a little squirrely. Yeah, and the freeze frame zoom at the end, I thought it was great. Yeah, with the uh, the way the movie ended, typical typical eighties movie ending where you know the bad guy escapes. What? <laughs> <laughs> and then you know she screams. Uh, Coroner's van is on the side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> He's escaped. The the gurney thing is tipped over. Blood everywhere. She screams like at the camera. <laughs> freeze frame on her. Zoom into the mouth. Oh, nice touch. It was yeah. good. We saw like the film grain kind of like really pop out. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, is that all we have for successes, or do we have anything else? That's all I got. I'm good. All right. So I'm going to transition to failures, and I'm going to throw one thing out here, and I'm going to say that this movie was a stylistic nightmare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. they, this was supposed to be 80s style, so, and here's a couple things that really bothered me. Um, it, they tried to make it feel like it was shot on film by a kind of cheesy film effect that yep. they put over the top of it. I kind of had a problem with that, too. I had a big problem with that. I had a big problem because it didn't... That doesn't scream, this is an 80s slasher yeah. to me. This That screams, this is a shitty grindhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and I don't know if that's the Tarantino fault. I really hated the whole missing reel thing. Oh, oh my, my God, God. That God. pissed me off. That was awful. And that's what I felt like. I was like, Robert Rodriguez <laughs> can get away with this in Planet Terror. Was, that's <laughs> the exact thing I wrote down. You are not Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, that and like the way they had used it it was comedic like they missing rail and the reel comes back and then that, that place is on fucking fire yeah <laughs> and, and um uh yeah because pl- like you're led to believe a lot of shit happened this one cuts back after the missing reel and it's just everyone's in the house now yeah it's missing real and it really only seems like there was a minute missing yeah. like no time had elapsed in between that didn't it didn't look right you know it looked like they had stock effects they put on top and then that's what came out the other side. And I just didn't, I didn't buy it. And then I feel like we'd go, you know, minutes without seeing any film grain whatsoever. Yeah. And all of a sudden it would come back. Yeah. And, and it, it would go weird. away. Sometimes they did like the color bleeding on the sides of the screen and then it would just disappear. Yeah. Like, the film grain would like, sometimes it would just be completely perfect. Like DSLR photo, uh, DSLR footage. Yeah. Like it was, what is this? Yeah. It was totally digital. Pick, pick one. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't. What I would have appreciated more is if they just had said, hey, this took place in 1984, mm-hmm. but we're making it look really good. 
Yeah, that like, would have been much better. Like, ditch the film grain, ditch trying to make it look silly, make it with make it with today's technology, which helps low budget things look better than they have a right to. And he, they almost got there. They had they had decent stuff going on, and they ruined it. Well, yeah. see, I felt like this whole movie could have taken place today. Yeah. yeah. Like, there wasn't anything... There's no reason. There wasn't anything especially 80s about it. Like, I don't feel like it included any of, like, the camp or, like, real tongue-in-cheek stuff that 80s movies are, like, loved for. Yeah. yeah. No, no one-liners. Um, I felt like they were kind of just like, oh, we'll throw some, like, crackling and popping over it, like, some noise and... Like that will make it 80s. Yeah, there was no reason for this to be for this to take place in 1984. There was no reason, if only to sucker idiots like us into watching it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, they got our money. Yeah, I just felt like it. It didn't really evoke the 80s as much as they probably wanted it to, which was kind of a bummer because that's what drew my eye in. Like yeah. it was being mm-hmm. lauded all over the cover, like retro best 80s movie since the 80s <laughs> yeah and i was like oh hmm, i appreciate that but then That's it cool. was like they didn't they were just like oh we got a few old looking props and then we're gonna throw some crackles over the film and that's it yeah yeah and it could take place today i mean for sure yeah i mean on top of that like the soundtrack you would expect to hear some like some good 80s music and they did I, it seemed like they maybe came up with their own soundtrack for like the the killer mix and it sort of sounded 80s, but it really sounded more like the 80s throwback, like synth pop sound a lot of the time. Yeah. Like it would be like MGMT, I think you had mentioned, or <laughs> yeah. like uh, Future yeah. Islands. Like it had that kind of vibe to it. It didn't really feel super 80s. Yeah. It just And then after the bus scenes were over, there wasn't any 80s music to be found at all. I know. It was just generic soundtracky stuff. It was just yeah. normal, normal score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like horror movie score, which I mean, it wasn't bad, no. but it wasn't, it wasn't what it sold itself as, which is honestly our main problem with movies. Like I think I was saying before we even started recording, like things like this, I would rather watch something that was horribly absurd than watch something that was mediocre like this. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't really care about any of the characters, even though I felt like they were trying to make us like open them up and make them seem deeper by yeah. giving them these off little like one-on-one conversations to the side but ultimately it didn't really make me care about anyone yeah i didn't really really care about anyone but i mean it that it, that's rare for me to care about all a, bu- a bunch of characters even in 80 slashers you know yeah. what i mean well maybe care is the wrong word maybe just like like a character or find them compelling enough to like be moderately invested in what's going to happen to them yeah yeah i mean even characters that barely have any dialogue like i think we've talked about violet in part five Yes. Uh, like right. she has right. like right. one line, but like we're all like she's fucking cool. Like, yeah, she has like so much charisma, like her character stands out. Yeah. It's all very vibrant. All the characters in, in part five. Part five are out. awesome. Yeah. yeah. And like maybe not all of them have that much dialogue or even that much personality, but like they stick out. Yeah. They're charismatic. That's also yeah. a great way to put it. And um, in this movie, none of the characters they're, they're all aside from like the two who we met, who pretty mentioned. white mean people, you know. Like, <laughs> And yeah. and I'd say the characters is a major strength of this movie, and they weren't even that good. Yeah, they were pretty. They were the probably the best part of the movie, mm-hmm. um, and they really barely cut it. And I, I think their strongest characters were probably, uh, aside from the pretty mean white people, you know, the Robert Patrick character, the vice principal. Oh yeah, Robert who was Patrick. a nom. He was very underused. Oh man, um, they could have had a blast with him. Oh, he could have been along for the entire ride, but he's like completely separate from the rest of the plot. Uh, the the reassuring dad character yep. was also a lot of fun. He barely he disappears for most of the movie. Yep, he's in the beginning uh, and he's in it at the end. Oh, yeah. by the way, the dad played Viper on Full House. 
Viper on Full House. Wasn't that? Is he and Jesse and the Rippers? I think so. Yeah, I know Viper. Yeah, <laughs> that was the dad. Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I got I have a Viper. I got him on my iPod. <laughs> um, I felt like it also didn't take advantage of its scare opportunities as much as it could have. Like it wasn't scary at all. Like not even moderately unsettling. Yeah, and you want to know why it wasn't scary? Because our killer, Junior Jode, the cannibal, he looked like a Geico caveman. <laughs> Very true. But I just, I felt like every scare they set up, like every moment that was set up where it could have been an effective scare, like even just like a glimpse of him like lurking around. We got a lot of stuff from his POV. Which is just like through windows, through like broken boards. Which like is that, 80s. It, that is 80s. Which, and I will I will give it stylistically that. Stylistically makes sense. Yes, it does. But I feel like there was a lot of other parts where they set it up where he could have shown you something like pretty creepy. Yeah. And they just didn't take advantage of it. Yeah. But then every like part that was supposed to be scary was just you open the door and he's standing there. I was like, is this supposed to be a jump scare? Because I did not jump. Yeah. <laughs> I am not scared. I expected him the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm, I am glad this movie didn't throw jump scares constantly at us as the only form of them trying to scare us, so I can appreciate them not slamming that into our face a lot. Very true. It could be worse. Um, I'd say one more, one more failure, and uh, Eric, you brought this up, but I'm, unless you want to talk about it. Uh, which one? Uh, the special effects makeup that didn't oh, exist. Yeah. Uh, go for it. Okay. So, I mean, it was pretty inconsistent. They did have some parts where there were some decent practical effects. Opening scene. Opening scene was great. Um, I think when one of the characters gets stabbed through the chest with a pitchfork, there was some, some at least practical effects going yeah. on there. That was pretty good. Some blood, at least. But then, like, there were other parts where it was just some of the worst CGI I've ever seen in my life. And I don't know if it was done intentionally as a gag or if no. it was. It didn't seem like it was because why would they do that? <laughs> um, one, of, one of the characters gets stabbed in the eye with a piece of broken glass. And it was like the weirdest like overlay that wasn't feathered into the scene at all. Like it seemed like they just kind of banged it out in like an hour. And like after yeah. effects, like it was like the like the quick pass, like, hey, yeah. for the rough cut, we're going to do this. We'll fix it up later. And mm -hmm. then it just never got fixed. Yeah. I mean, you could see like the, the little piece of broken glass, like you could see it as a separate filter on this on the on the frame. Like it stuck <laughs> out like, you know how like when you're if you ever watch like an old cartoon, and you know, <laughs> if you see something that's going to move in a scene and it's in the background, it looks different from the rest of yeah. the scene. Like mm -hmm. a draw that's going to open. Yeah, it was exactly like that. It's always like extra bold or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, everything else is just like a plain picture, and this is the actionable thing that's going to be moving, so they take that and they make it something. Well, speaking of the eye scene, mm. um, in the beginning when they're stealing the bus, Wesley, who, who gets his eye poked out, actually says it's all fun and games till someone loses an eye. At which point in my notes I wrote down, will someone lose an eye, quote unquote, <laughs> with a question mark? And he did later on. Good. So that was a little uh, ham-fisted uh, foreshadowing there for him. <laughs> yeah, but see, <laughs> I also think that's in style. Yeah. Things yeah. like that are in style. For, I agree. So like they get... It's like a little nod, the audience. Yeah, for a movie that gets the pass on so many things because of the style in which it chooses to present itself, it still didn't get a lot of breaks. Mm. Yeah. Um, actually, if I can add a plus, I did think every the acting was serviceable. I thought everyone did yeah. a pretty decent job. The characters. It was it was actually above average for an 80s slasher, I would say. So it was pretty good in that respect. Yeah. I expected it to be way worse, especially for such like having such a young cast of just like eight people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. They were all 
good to actually surprisingly good in the case of characters like Johnny. So yeah, th- they were the the only reasons that I was even somewhat invested in this movie. I like Junior Jode, the cannibal, is not a thing. I have a huge that- beef I want to talk about with Jode. Okay, let's let's go. <laughs> what do you got? Um, I hated the fact that when it was all said and done, we have our survivor girl. We have the dad. We have the cop telling her, oh my gosh, like, where are your friend's bodies? And then the two cops having the conversation about the Jode family and how awful they were. And then there was like a black and white flashback just shoehorned into the last five minutes of the movie. I thought that was really ineffective and clunky. It was pointless. It didn't really. Like, if they had showed us that at the beginning... And giving like giving us an introduction, introduce. <laughs> they had introduced us to the Jode family to begin with, and we're like, "Hey, there's this legend." I would have been like, "Okay, like I'm on board." Yeah. Not stumble on this house. The mailbox says Jode. No one says anything. Thirty, 30 <laughs> minutes later, they're like, "Hey, I think I remember an urban legend about this," and then nobody mentions it again until like the very end. Yeah. I just I didn't appreciate that. And then our, our especially that there was like a black and white flashback of like them at the house, like we got just around them. <laughs> Put your hands up. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, our our faux main character, uh, who ends up getting killed off like first. Yep. Like the person was killed off first. Um, she was like, "Oh my God, this this belongs to my sister. My sister ran away." And and she must have been here. Oh, like, whoa. oh, wow! <laughs> they could have they could have just not had done any of that. Like, what what was that supposed to do for me as a viewer? I mean, yeah, they were like, first scene, we're gonna mention the sister, and then when she gets to the dance, we're gonna mention the sister again, and then we're not gonna mention her until she finds the necklace, and then that's it. Yeah, it was really not like a tool at all no like there was nothing because then they killed her off yeah the first that entire thread just disappeared out of the movie yeah yeah what's the point and the fact that they killed her first and this whole thing was like her idea to go to the cabin i was like oh well she's obviously in on it no nope (laughs) wrong twist no twist there's none twists in this movie yeah none not that that's like a problem i mean We've had our fair share of Saw movies, so it's not like you need a twist to be good, but I don't know. I feel like it would have benefited, possibly. Yeah. Uh, Anything else that uh, even slightly upset us a little bit? Uh, Lame death for the killer. (laughs) I found that obnoxious. Oh, what? He got shot? He just gets shot. Well, he's not dead. Duh. That's why. Lame faux death for the killer. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I guess I we'll agree. have to wait until uh, Lost After Dark Two comes out. And we find I out. I felt like the Jane first Jody time, killed. the first shot the dad fired too. I felt like should have hit the girl that was standing. Oh, I thought I, I thought did. that's what happened. Yeah, me too. I was like, oh, so she just got shot on accident. <laughs> nope. Yeah, yeah, that that was weak. Um, and then the, even after that, so you know, they shoot the the father comes back, finds the survivor girl who was our main character's best friend. Jamie. Jamie, who's at the the bus that had broken down. The dad comes, gets out, shoots the bad guy, transition to the end scene. Police are there, blah, blah, blah. And then we wrap it up. It's like, ugh, that was real clunky. Mm-hmm. Like, for uh, real clunky and really cheap. Yeah, I feel like it was kind of rushed. Yeah. Like, and it's not like, and they had established these characters as people who were going to be involved in the end of the movie. And we had that was the third time we had seen the dead, period. Yep. Yeah. And that was maybe the fourth or fifth time we had seen Robert Patrick, who was the vice principal of the school, uh, who just tracked these people down 
just <laughs> because that was what he had to do. Yeah. No, Which, I felt like everything was inconsequential, kind of. Yeah. Except for everyone died. Pretty much. Yeah, That's even that was like inconsequential. <laughs> <laughs> like they would just die and then their friends would be like, oh no, let's stay in this house. Yeah. Let's just keep staying here. Yeah. I mean, they did try to like lend some gravitas to some of the scenes, but I didn't, I wasn't buying any of it. That's yeah. not that kind of movie. Yeah. If it was an 80s throwback movie, they would be, they would be acting like the way you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I thought, I thought stylistically it was somewhat confused as to, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't think it was effective. Well, maybe it felt inconsequential and ineffective because there are eight characters, seven of which die. Um, the deaths are reasonably spaced out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pacing isn't really an issue with this movie, I'd say. But no. I feel like that's too many deaths. Yeah. Well, like, because they were all boring. Yeah. None of them, except with the exception of the pitchfork in the car, were extra bloody or anything. Yeah. There, wasn't, there was no eye candy for this. And speaking of no eye candy, no one showed their boobs. That's true, too, <laughs> for something that's credited as a stylistic, sexy 80s yeah, throwback it slasher. Says sexy, and it wasn't at all. It was really... You saw girls in their bras. Oh, so. and, and they were really upset about that. <laughs> I know. know. She was like, do you think he saw anything? I was like, yeah, I think he saw your fucking bra, you <laughs> idiot. Yeah, you're wearing a bra and you're wearing pants. <laughs> I think you're Long fine. pants. Yeah. I think you're fine. Yeah, you'll, you'll be good. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, eh. Yeah. I found it wanting. Yeah, for sure. Um, do we have any more failures or any risks we want to talk about? Any outstanding questions that exist? My main question was, will someone lose an eye? And I got the answer to that, <laughs> so I'm good. All right, that's good. At least it answered your questions. Didn't leave you wondering. <laughs> I do wonder if the school scenes were filmed in the same school as Degrassi Next yeah, Generation because <laughs> it looked very similar. Where where do you think they shot in L.A.? One likely. No, it was the movie was filmed in Ontario. Oh, and that's a Canadian show exactly. because it's Nickelodeon. Yeah, that's right. So I think that's a possibility. Interesting. Not that anyone gives a fuck about that besides me. <laughs> Absolutely true. <laughs> I'm not even sure I give now. a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so let's... Well, the risk talk the character. About, uh, yeah, okay, I guess we could talk about that. If we want to just blanket that under risk and move yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they killed her off and then it left us wondering if she was a part of it or really dead. And then at least what they did was maybe 15 minutes-ish later, they were all trapped in the basement and they all had like a turnaround and scream moment because they saw something and it was the lower half of her body. So you saw her pants all in like bloody on a table with legs in them and i was like well i guess that answers that yeah. <laughs> i guess she's not a part of it unless they put those pants on someone else's legs <laughs> which because she doesn't have a torso now they, they could have done it <laughs> um so i guess with that we can talk about some of our favorite parts of the movie who would like to begin i only have two okay and they were really just again reaching i feel like we're and we've had the same bad streak with the past few <laughs> movies. It's like favorite parts because I have to. Um, when stupid Heather said she didn't want to get eaten by a cannonball. Oh, well, yeah, okay, that was uh, scratch that, that, was that off Mila. So <laughs> I thought. I think we all wrote that. <laughs> that made me laugh really hard. I thought. I think those kinds of jokes are funny though. Yeah, um, just think, idiots. Yeah, like she's an idiot and she was like scared in the moment and she 
just blurted that out and it made me laugh and it was genuine and I know they wanted me to laugh at that and I thought that hey what a nice little pleasant surprise (laughs) we can make a dumb blonde girl think that cannibal is cannonball (laughs) that's good that's good stuff (laughs) keep it coming um and then my other favorite part was when Heather and Johnny were hiding in the car in the barn under the tarp yeah and like her dog was with her and it was like crying oh yeah because she snuck her dog on this trip in a purse and he was like shut that fucking dog up (laughs) and she was like putting her hand over its muzzle and then slowly just broke its neck yeah that was i was like that was pretty cool like a i wouldn't think that she would have the balls to do that yeah and dog death is always frowned upon in movies but it was baller it was like the dog death and i am legend where it was like a mercy kill kind of you know it's just like well I can kill you right now and potentially save our lives and you from a brutal brutal pitchfork death too, doggy. Yeah, I think she was more concerned about saving their lives than the dog's life. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I was like, that is like a character archetype that I would not think would take an action like that. Yeah. So I was surprised by that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And that's why, honestly. Even Johnny was surprised. Yeah. (laughs) And that's why those two characters were the strongest. A little disgusted. Yeah. It's actually something I was kind of hoping to see in this movie was to see those two characters survive to the end. Yeah. Because usually those character archetypes don't survive to the end of these slasher movies, as far as I'm aware. And it would make sense that these kind of like, you know, uh, type A characters would survive in a situation like this and like everyone else would probably get slaughtered. Yeah. Um, And somehow these characters never seem to make it. Well, I'd say that there are occasions where the mean woman character makes it, like Mm -hmm. the mean girl. Sometimes she'll make it to the end, I feel like. Yeah, I can't provide any examples right now, but just a gut instinct. Yeah, but yeah. I know I've probably seen depends it. on how many times she shows her boobs. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> if it's like once or less, she'll probably make it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so okay, I mean, I other than that, I really don't have any favorite parts. Like, there's yeah. nothing that was super standout. I mean, I did like that Robert Patrick gave sh- uh, gave shades of um, Paul Gleason in The Breakfast Club. Like, he had very much that vibe. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, Robert that, Patrick yeah. was good. He was he was over an overall like I just had fun watching him on screen. Yeah, he's great. That yeah. was the selling point of this as well. I was like, Robert Patrick sold. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, for sure. And like and underutilized, unfortunately. <laughs> they didn't. I mean, even if they had, if they had shot any other stuff with him, because this movie was what hour twenty ish, hour twenty five. Yeah. yeah, it was tight. Like if they had another minute of Robert Patrick scene stuff, I think that wouldn't have hurt the movie oh he went out so easily too i know and we we didn't get to see it we didn't get to see it and that was a part of some of the terrible cg we saw was apparently that guy robert patrick the vice principal got his head cut off and then our junior jode walks into the house throws the head at uh jamie and then we see robert patrick's cgi face on the ground once again they could have done a practical effect there i don't understand why they didn't they could have, if it was supposed to be 80s stylistic, they could have modeled like a fake head yeah. that looked sort of like Robert Patrick and threw it on the ground. And if it didn't look great, that's part of the style. Yep. Like, then, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. And I feel like I'm really judgmental about when people choose to use CG over practical effects. <laughs> Not that I'm like an expert on it, but like I'll watch Face Off and they do elaborate <laughs> makeups in like three days. And I'm like, how long would it really take you to mold and cast somebody's head? Yeah. Like hmm. two days. Yeah. And then you could throw a mediocre paint job on it and it would still be better than a CGI head. Yeah. I mean, I guess so the main thing is is cost. And I don't know how much this movie cost to make and I don't know how much time they had to do what they had to do and those kinds of things are the things that eat up a lot of time when you're making a movie. Yeah. So I get 
that you go, okay, well, we're going to do this and this and this practical, and then we're going to CG this, this, and this. Like, they made the wrong choices to CG certain things. Oh, yeah. And that, like, could, they could have been like, okay, well, let's make this and this practical, and let's do CG here. Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to sell it as an 80s stylistic movie, then there's certain Should things be that any. you... It, they, absolutely. But, I mean, obviously, if you're under a tight budget constraint, you have to do something CG. I understand yeah. that. Um, but it should be more things like, if you have to include the, the burnt real thing, then, yeah, you do that CG. If you have to do the film grain stuff, okay, yeah, do it CG, whatever, fine. Mm-hmm. No one's going to question you on that. But if you have, like, these major death scenes that would normally be traditionally done with practical effects, you should do it with practical effects. Yep. Isn't practical effects cheaper to do? Not necessarily. No? No, but no. I guess it depends on the quality of your CG. Uh, yeah. Quality of CG. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it depends on how efficient you are with it because it could almost be a wash. But what people would rather do is spend the money in post because let's think that uh, they had that house uh, available to them for one week, let's just say, to shoot this movie. Adding practical effects into that would totally extend that time. That's a good. And point. May- maybe they were just like, you know what? Let's just do this and this practical, and yeah. then let's do this CG. Or they're like, well, hopefully we can do it all practical. But then, as the the week or the two weeks or however long it took them to shoot it wound down, they're like, shit, we got to cut some corners. Yeah, uh, we got to finish this. Let's up. just stand Robert Patrick in front of a green screen. We'll cut it off at the <laughs> neck. Yeah, it'll take us ten minutes to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, because once once that part's done, I mean things die in post mm. and you know like that's that's where shit gets fucked up most of the time <laughs> so it's it, it makes sense that you just want to rush out of production get yeah. into post and fix all your mistakes but i mean honestly if it was supposed to be an 80s stylistic I, i'm still stu- like I, I can't believe i'm still hung up on this but it annoyed me so badly i mean if it's supposed to be 80s cheap slasher stylistic you don't even need to make a perfect robert patrick head you can make you just grab any head <laughs> throw it <laughs> Pass the camera. Don't, never don't focus on it yeah. and let it roll into the shadows or something. Yeah, that's an option. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I wonder if Arguably they shot that. a better option. I wonder if they shot that. Maybe and, they did and, and then just, bailed. Yeah, it's know? possible. Maybe I don't know. Sure, you never know what ends up on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Exactly. Like I don't know. I don't know. But I don't think that this movie completely died in post. I think there was a lot of things that that went wrong in the script. Mm. Um, but I guess after that we can rate it. Sure. Sure. So let's rate it then. Yeah, I'm gonna go with. Yeah, fuck I'm gonna you. have to give it an unfortunate fuck off. Oh my god, my fucking father. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. All right, who would like to begin rating Lost After Dark? I can go. You want to go? Yeah, I'm gonna give it a fuck you. Okay. Um, and it's the it's the consistent reason I I've been giving movies fuck yous lately, and it's usually not because of the content, it's because of the marketing, and the marketing for this is pretty straightforward, stylistic, sexy '80s slasher. This is none of those things. It's maybe one. <laughs> it, is it is definitely a slasher. Slasher for sure. <laughs> but it's not any... I mean, the, the 80s is phoned in. It's not sexy. And the style is just wildly all over the place. Uh-huh. Um, and the fact is, you know, we get dragged in by these promises of something like this, and it's just... It, it doesn't end up being what we want it to be. And I find that disappointing. Yep. <laughs> and for all those reasons, I will also give it a fuck you. <laughs> you summed it up. You, I'm not gonna. We're, we've said it a hundred times already during the course of this episode. I'm not gonna say it again. Okay. I don't know if I want to give it a fuck you or something less harsh, like a fucking meh. I will say my fuck meh. you is not as harsh as my like a leprechaun origins fuck you. <laughs> yeah, but it's definitely still in the same territory. Well, I mean, both those movies were we watched them predicated on pre-existing notions. Yeah, uh, and then they both drastically missed that bar and but this one wasn't supposed to be 
something that was pulled directly from something and yeah. they tried to do something original so it gets more credit than leprechaun origins for I sure i agree and you know i'll give it a fucking meh okay it was meh i mean if somebody was like oh i'm gonna watch this movie called lost after dark i wouldn't be like fucking don't watch <laughs> it like don't even waste your time like that's not the reaction i would have i would be like i didn't really like it but you know maybe yeah. you will yeah whereas leprechaun origins i'd be like don't waste your fucking time <laughs> yeah like go get a root canal seriously I will stab you if you watch that um <laughs> but i mean i i really appreciate the effort uh, yeah and i appreciate like i don't know just no i i wish it you know? <laughs> I, I i don't know i think i wish that they had i don't know i wish they had focused more on what they were trying to do or trying to be Agreed. And, and just just go for it. Um, I do appreciate the effort um, yeah. because it's not like it was as in like that somebody wanted to do this and yeah. make an eighties kind of throwback style yeah. horror like, movie. But I wish they had embraced more what makes people love eighties movies yeah. and injected more of that into it. I feel like if I were to try and make a movie similar to this, that this outcome would be kind of my fear. That mm -hmm. w what would happen in the end, like, like I feel like you know while while we're we're making this movie, it's like everyone looks so good, everyone's acting great, blah blah blah. We bring it into bring it into the editing room, and we're mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, no, let's let's keep going, let's keep going, you know. And then I'd be like, damn, I think I missed the mark. Yeah, I think I missed it. I don't yeah, know what, that's it, I don't know I what it was, it, but I missed, it missed it. the mark a little bit, and that's why I can't give it a fuck you because I feel like it wasn't terrible, it wasn't great, it was just kind of yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like. Oh my god, that's an hour and twenty minutes of my life I could never get back. <laughs> no, no, no. This is this is not the typical second class cinema review on my part. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I do give them credit for giving the, it a go. The things we gave them credit for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so I guess that's it. Unless we have any final thoughts on that. Um This movie wasn't too long and it was eighties enough. And I didn't fall asleep, but I still didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Um, and before we wrap ourselves up here, we want to say that uh, we have a first-class failure, kind of. Uh, 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 um, so before we watched uh, Lost After Dark, we tried... To <laughs> I'm sorry. Every time we've had to reference the name of this movie... We've had to look at, <laughs> had to look at the notes. Dude, I tried to look it up four <laughs> times earlier, and I was like, Lost at Night? Yeah, <laughs> Lost in the Woods? I kept wanting to say Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> yeah, Ugh, Cabin memorable. in the Woods is a fucking masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, we know that. <laughs> um, so we tried to give Waxwork... I love you, Joss Whedon. ...a shot. We tried to we tried to watch Waxwork. Yeah. And it didn't really work. That out. was my initial pick, but after 30 minutes, I was really bored. And not even like this movie is an affront to my senses. I need to shut it off immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Post haste. Yeah. I was just like, wow, this is pretty snoozeworthy. It's extremely mediocre. Yeah. yeah. It's, I feel like it should have just been wrapped up into one episode about You're Afraid of the Dark. Dude, the music was so goosebumps. It was crazy. Yeah. And it was funny because I asked Brandon if he had liked it because I was like, I feel like somebody mentioned this movie to me and I'm not sure if it was you. Yeah. And he was like, it's okay. <laughs> it's not great. It's not terrible. Yeah. And it was pretty in the middle of the road there. I feel like I've almost watched Waxwork for the last like eight years. <laughs> I feel like I've seen the cover and I've gone. <laughs> exactly. Someday. <laughs> and I'm like, with a cover like that, how have I not watched this movie? That's what I think. Um, honestly, the little tiny dude that answered the door at the wax museum was the best part of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
That's um, about it. Maybe I'll probably finish it at a later date. Yeah, but. it's not that it was bad. It's something that I mean, if I wasn't supposed to, if I what, if I didn't have to talk about it afterwards, I probably would have finished it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I was like, I have nothing to say. This is gonna be <laughs> half hour in. I've yeah. got nothing. Yeah, I wrote down like two sentences. This is gonna be a three minute episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It did have the guy from Girlfriend from Hell in it though. That so was a good cat. I have no yeah. idea how you picked that out. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I was like, that guy looks familiar. Let me flip through the useless catalog of information in my brain. <laughs> so this movie I saw one time a year ago that I didn't like. <laughs> yeah, right. Waxwork definitely had the same vibe, so it doesn't surprise me. It also had the same like group of people involved. Yeah. <laughs> Algebra, forget about it. Obscure actor from Girlfriend. <laughs> right here. <laughs> yeah, you like to pick those kinds of movies. You got Flesh Eating Mothers, Girlfriend from Hell, Society, Waxwork. I love like 80s horror comedies. Yeah. I don't know why. I love it. Yeah. I don't think we've really hard- any of them besides <laughs> Society, though. Well, it's hard. That's why I'm on a quest. It's hard to find good ones. Yeah. But the good ones so are good. So you really have to dig through them. It's just like heavy metal. 95% of it sucks. 5% yeah. of it is amazing. Exactly. You have to do the legwork if you yeah. want to find the good stuff. For sure. You can't always listen to other people's opinions. All right. So I guess that's it. Yeah. Wrapping it up. Wrap it. <laughs> Rat it up. All right. <laughs> we watched Lost After Dark, and it barely squeezed by without being on the shit flicks shit list. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, that was thanks to you, Brittany. Um, yeah, if I, I, I'm not sure I'd recommend it, and I probably would warn someone if they told me they were about to watch it. If they were going to watch it for the reasons that it was marketed to them for, I would definitely tell them you should find something else. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I have to read this. I'm sorry. I have a note that I wrote down Okay. about when they first got on the bus and they're chugging beers and they're like oh. trying to be so cool. So Johnny just goes, party hardy, and then drinks a beer and then just yells, beer. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's the tone of this. That's, that's the tone we're going to set. All right. Johnny yeah. was amazing. I'm not going to deny that. No, no. <laughs> it, very memorable. You know who he kind of reminded me of? Who? The like wicked dickheadish kid in Unfriended. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That same kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, I buy it. Just like the snarky asshole. No, what did we like better, Unfriended or this? Oh, Unfriended. I think. Oh, oh my God. I'm pretty sure I liked Unfriended more. Me too. <laughs> What's wrong with Everything that? Everything I know is a lie. <laughs> right? So let's just think. This kind of movie is right up our alley. 80s, slasher, made today, super yeah. stylized, blah, blah, blah. Or we do Unfriended, the movie that takes place on a desktop computer. And honestly, that was more riveting. It was definitely like more deftly handled. Yeah. yeah. Because it, it, it took a risk. I appreciate you know? Unfriended. Someone brought up Unfriended to me like, has anyone seen the movie Unfriended? And I gave him this whole breakdown of how it was kind of cool to watch. Yeah. And no, I realized, I was like, hey, I kind of liked it. Yeah, I think I, I don't remember what I gave it at the time, but I... It was probably like a like, fuck off. I think, I, gave it, I think we all gave it fuck offs. But I, I, I don't know. I feel like I appreciate it more in retrospect. Like, Yeah, don't let nostalgia poison you, though. I feel like true. that happens a lot, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you'll think back on something, and you're like, oh, that wasn't as bad as it could have been. Yeah, well, I mean... But I mean, a fuck off is just like a whatever yeah and i would i would still give it a fuck off because it's not like i'd give it a fuck yeah yeah it's no. not gonna make film history or anything yeah. but it didn't make me want to claw my eyes out exactly i had a good time watching it and once again that's the hard line to differentiate is having a good time watching it and was it a good movie and then how much of one impacted the other in my experience i know i always just want to elaborate to like not not watch a movie based on <laughs> what we think of it we have terrible taste and opinions. <laughs> Why do we have a podcast? <laughs> well, just like everyone else. <laughs> hey, oh, whoa. Um, yeah, so that's it. Yeah. Um, you've been listening to Second Class Cinema. If you'd like more information, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Second Class Cinema. You can listen to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. 
You can also listen to us on secondclasscinema.com. Pretty cool, huh? Very cool. sweet. Oh, I also want to mention, too. We're that on the interwebs. I, I want to mention, too, that uh, this podcast is in the Any Given Podcast Fantasy Football League with a ton <laughs> of other podcasts. 18-team league that I just drafted for the other night. How'd that go? Uh, Did you get Bo Jackson? I got Bo Jackson oh, all of my spots. Perfect. Yeah. So okay, it worked out God. really well. Um, Hopefully he'll start playing again. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm retirement after 20 years. I'll just talk to him. I'll email him. Be like, Bo, I got you. Okay, got there. Do me a solid. But I, uh, I drafted Gronkowski in the first round, 11th overall, and uh, he just scored three touchdowns. So nice. I don't know who I'm playing. I don't know if they're going to listen. But uh, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> That's my trash talk. Uh, yeah, so the, the guy who's the, the commissioner of that league is the host of the War Machine vs. War Horse podcast, which oh, cool. I uh, made an appearance on that should be coming out pretty soon, actually, in yes. about a few weeks. We recorded that like three months ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, that'll be cool. And uh, I think that's it, unless anyone has anything to say. I'm quite finished. All right, guys. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.